I love the candy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big Halloween, but I love the thought of all of our kids getting together and us being able to just relax and have some time hanging out with each other and talking. So bring your kids. Now, you know, if there's going to be a successful trunk or treat, there's got to be some trunks and there's got to be some treats. Now, this says the open trunk. For any kids who act bad, there will be a closed trunk. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right. But uh, so please come. I, there are people already. I didn't know you were supposed to do this. I thought you'd just let the kid, you put candy in the back and they, I, I mean, I've got stuff under my seat and all that kind of stuff they look for. But they said, no, you decorate your trunk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decorate mine like a giant, like a whale, Jonah's whale and let them crawl in and just close the lid. You know, that, <laughs> three days later, let them out. All right, now, anyway, that's this Monday. Now, here's the, here's the follow-up on that. Somebody texts me, I guess it was last night, and it was pretty late. They said, I'm sorry to bother you so late, and I know I'm not supposed to text you, but when is the trunk or treat? <laughs> So just in case you don't, here's what, take a picture of it, all right? Do not, I, and I, I did, I was very kind. I said, no, you can text me, but I don't know, because I don't know. I, I won't know till I show up. So that's the information. You want it, you got it. Just take a picture of it before you leave, because I will not remember it, okay? Same thing on the birthday party deal. Rebecca, that's, that's Rebecca. Ask Rebecca. All right. Uh, Last call for good news, start turning to John chapter 6. Oh, I've got two more. That's right. John chapter 6, start turning there. Stephanie. I want to say really quickly, um, thank you to everyone that prayed for me, that has visited with me. Um, for Kristen, Teresa, yourself, Catherine, Catherine's family. Um, if there's anybody that I'm forgetting, I don't mean to. I'm just trying to be quick. But I thank you very much for the prayers and for the extending love and open arms of forgiveness that I was provided with over the last week. Um, I feel very blessed to know that I am able to come tonight to be with my family again and just for everybody that reached out to my family and took care of them while I was unable to. That's, that's my good news for today. That's good, good news. Warren. Uh, I got a job interview with the city tomorrow at 10. Now, a job interview with the city is a big deal. It goes like you got to like wait through layers of stuff, and he is up to the final level of interviews and stuff. And uh, he's got a new shave. Looks like man, he's ready to go. Atta man. So y'all are all going to be neighbors. Yeah. Are you are you going to have cats? <laughs> She's got a really cute dog. Good. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. You got away from right. Janie, you may have been the smartest of the bunch right there. Yeah. 
I can see these three together. Hmm. Hey, our neighborhood actually, I think, is going to improve. Because, because, I mean, seriously, we live in a rough neighborhood, and I keep hoping more and more church people will come move in. And you know, you know, because, in all due honesty, McDougal moved all these people to my neighborhood and devalued it. So I'd like to move all of our people right. to my neighborhood and value it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching that line. I'm not touching that line. All right, you got your Bible, John chapter 6. If you had thrown that, I would have laughed so hard. John chapter 6. As I was doing some more study for this lesson, I thought, man, this would be one of those nights we're going to need all the time we can get. And then, of course, we celebrate, and I don't, not embarrassed about it all, we celebrate all these good things. If we cover nothing, if we cover nothing tonight from John chapter 6, we'll walk out of here with this thought. Does God work all things together for good? Well, Janie started us off. Janie started us off six months ago. Do you remember when Janie, first time she was here? Do you remember the first time she ever spoke up and talked about what she needed and what had happened in her life? And it was that week she got her new life in Jesus. And from that moment, that job, then the car, then the apartment. And I'm not saying all those things come to everyone, but I, I know this, I've seen it in more than one person. You get a new life and you start living it new. You can't get a new life and live it the same way you lived the old because you're going to get the so old, same kind of response, same kind of results. But you got a new life, you start making better decisions, you start making better choices, and, and God blesses those things. Outstanding. That's, that is great. Would you move back into their neighborhood? They need you. <laughs> but we talk about it, and whether we say anything else or not, because there's no clock on the wall and there's no schedule to keep. It's just this truth. Some of us had pretty rough days. Some of us had some tough weeks. Uh, I... I know some folks that it was a rough week for them. Uh, some of us have had the last two, three weeks it's been kind of tough. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced, it's, and it's no exaggeration, there's some of you that have had just a rough life for as long as you can remember. And I hate that for you. But the truth is God works everything together for good. I believe that's right. God says it, I think that settles it. So one of the reasons we do this exercise is so that we can practice. It, it makes us start thinking about when something bad happens, rather than us thinking everything's going bad, we start thinking, what's God working? What's God working? What's God working? How's He trying to help us? How's He trying to fix things? How's He trying to bless us? Um, the two stories you're going to hear tonight, and I've got to tell them faster than I'd want to, but I need you to hear the stories before you get to the lesson, 
Okay? You need to hear the story before you get to the lesson. We're in John chapter 6. But if you had time, I'd encourage you to read Matthew 14, Mark 6, and Luke 9. Matthew 14, Mark 6, and Luke 9. Don't turn there. Stay in John. But if you take all those stories, if you take all those Gospels, if you take all those men's perspective on this moment in time, here's what happened. Jesus' disciples came back from teaching people and helping people, and they were tired. They hadn't had any time to rest, no time to eat. Jesus says, fellas, we need to get away. I love that he does that. I love that he does that because it shows Jesus is aware if you're tired tonight, if you're tired because you've worked hard all day, he's aware of that. If you're tired because you don't have a job and you've been, you're looking for one, that'll make you tired too. If you're tired just because things have gone so wrong so, for so long, he understands that. And Jesus says, come here, let's get off to a desert place and rest. Now it says they got in the boat and they start across the Sea of Galilee. They start rowing or sailing, whichever way you want it to be. They're rowing or sailing across the Sea of Galilee and the crowd that was with them that wouldn't let them rest, that wouldn't let them eat, those people started running. It says they started running. Running around the Sea of Galilee to get to the other side. Now when we read the Bible, you grew up going to church, you read the Bible, those are just black and white words. And those of you who have never heard the story, it's just a story. They just ran around and that's good enough. But do you see what happened? Do you see what was really going on there? What's it like around the lake shore? It's rocky or muddy or lots of bushes or uneven. There's all kinds. I mean, there's, there's, there's little ravines and all that kind of stuff around this sea. And these guys are running. They're not running on smooth carpet. And they're not running in Nike track suits or track shoes. They're running in their sandals and in their robes. So here's a whole crowd of people holding up their dresses, running in sandals, and they're running around the Sea of Galilee. They're panicky. They're like desperate. They, oh, Jesus is leaving. And so they're doing the chicken little thing, and they start running. But if you know, if you've read any of the Bible, who's in that crowd? Who's in that crowd? Old people in that crowd. And they're not running at all. I'm not running. I don't know about you. I may be looking to hitch a ride on somebody. To take. Old people are wanting to get close to Jesus, but these guys are running away from them. Who else is in that crowd? Handicapped people. People that couldn't walk. Because you read about people that carried others to Jesus, so maybe there's some people carrying lame folks with them. There may be some on crutches. Who else? How about some blind people? And you talking about trouble, try a blind person to run around the lake. Maybe somebody's trying to help them, but how do you help somebody blind understand we're about to drop off this ravine for six feet? Or how do we jump now, honey? No, they're not. So that, the blind people are running. There's lepers in that crowd. Lepers, are, that's where they lose body parts. So if they run very fast, stuff's dropping off, nose dropping, get back here and grab my thumb. And you know, come, they keep running. And then there were demon-possessed people, always. Everywhere Jesus went. Can you imagine watching a demon-possessed run? I bet they ran faster than everybody else, except they would fall on the ground and start barking and go in the wrong direction. And they're running all the way around the Sea of Galilee. Now Jesus and his disciples are moving across. They're running. They're going crazy. They get to the other side. And Jesus comes up out of the boat. 
And instead of going, are you kidding me? He says, come on, fellas. Let's take care of them. And it says he had compassion on them. And he looks around at them and he says, uh, let's get these folks something to eat. I, I appreciate I really do. And you can't imagine. And I understand why you can't imagine because you're not involved in it for the most part. You can't imagine the kind of work that goes into having a meal like we had tonight. You can't imagine the time it takes to get things ready. You can't imagine the kind of expense. I mean, everything has to be in place. So Jesus tells his disciples, hey, get these guys something to eat. And he's saying it to them to test them, it says, John 6. And Philip says, are you, are you kidding? It'd take a half a year's wages to buy enough bread to feed this crew. And then a, kid, a guy named Andrew, one of his buddies named Andrew said, Lord, here's a kid that's got lunch. He's got five biscuits and two fish. Folks, this is a Long John Silver Happy Meal, okay? Long John Silver Kosher Happy Meal. All right, five biscuits, two fish, and they hand it over to Jesus. And he sits them all down in groups, and he prays over the bread, and prays over the fish, and starts passing out bread, has the disciples handing out bread, handing out fish. And 5,000 men ate until they were full. That doesn't talk about how many women were there, and we know how women can eat. Not much at all, so there would have been some salad maybe for them. 5,000 men, no telling how many women, no telling how many teenagers that are saying, why can't we have pizza? And, and <laughs> Jesus, feed five, Jesus feeds 5,000 men all they can eat. And he said, let's collect the leftovers. Let's collect the leftovers. Now, I'm convinced, and this time out, this is just my foolishness. And I am admitting it's my foolishness. But I think the person that got the leftovers should be the kid who made the initial investment, right? It was his five biscuits, two fish they ate. So he should get the leftovers, right? The interest. I would love to see that kid go home to his mom and explain that wagon he's pulling with 12 baskets of bread. Boy, where have you been? Mom, you wouldn't believe, man. You gave me my lunch this morning. I went outside and these people running and there's blind people, boom, 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 and there's leper people dropping stuff off. And they ran over here and then Jesus said, there's bread and then prayed and fed five thousand. I got 12 baskets of leftovers. I bet she beat him for lying. Don't lie to me, boy. Pow, 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 you know. And while you and I would have been running around focusing on our running, We'd have focused on the, how hard it was to get to that other side when we would have focused on all the people that were in our way, that were inconveniencing us. I can't believe. Did you see those people? They came and they sat right there where I usually sit. We fuss about other people when it's really, they're just like us. We focused on that. And did anybody notice what Jesus did for them? Jesus did something they couldn't do for themselves. Now they want to make him a king. They think, man, this is a deal. This is a guy we want to be our president. If I've got a choice between Hillary, Trump, or Jesus, I vote Jesus, don't you? Yeah. Now, Jesus says, y'all leave me for a while. He sends them away. He sends them away. He goes up on a mountain. 
The crowd is going back home. The disciples are in a boat starting to cross the Sea of Galilee. You're still reading John 6. Put all the stories together, though, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you put them all together. Jesus goes up on this mountain. He's praying. The disciples are going across the sea. Everybody else is going home. And in the middle of the night, a storm comes up, and it's a big, bad kind of storm. And the disciples had to pull down the sail, and they're rowing now, trying to keep from drowning, kind of trying to keep that boat from sinking. And they're rowing hard as they can into that wind, and Jesus comes. He sees them in the storm. Bible says so. He sees them in the storm. That's uh, a real quick point. I don't care how dark it is. It does not matter how dark you think your life is. Jesus still notices. Jesus still sees you. And Jesus comes off the mountain and He comes walking on the water. Oh, I'd love to tell you that story. But it just says He came walking. And I love the fact that we walking on the water and they, as He gets close to the boat, they think it's a ghost. Now, what do you do if you're in a boat and you think a ghost is getting close to your boat? You row faster, don't you? They're out of there. Jesus hollers and hey, it's not, don't be afraid, it's just me. And I said, don't be afraid, Esmeralda. Jesus got in the boat and it was calm. Did anybody? Now, I know we would have talked about how bad the storm was. We would have talked about how hard we rode. Yes, I rode real hard. Now, those other people didn't help much. We would have talked like we did the most work. Cause don't tell me that because I've heard you. I've heard you. I know our conversations. We do more than everybody else. We're smarter than everybody else. We're our ways always the right way, and anybody else that doesn't agree with us is just wrong. Right? Did they notice? Did they notice what Jesus just did? Jesus just saved them. Jesus just did something that men don't do. He just walked on water. He just calmed their storm. So let's say it. I don't know why you came tonight. Maybe it was just for the pizza. Maybe because you need a little money. Maybe you need some help. I got you. Boy, that's, we understand that here. We understand that here maybe like nobody else understands it. But don't miss. Enjoy the pizza. But don't miss the point. Jesus is the point. Keep reading. John chapter 6. Verse 32. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it's not Moses who had given you bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus said, let me make sure you get the point. It's not about eating lunch. It's not about getting out of storms. It's about having life. They said, well, hey, give us this bread. Jesus declared, and I want you to underline it so you don't forget it. I am the bread of life. Free pizza on a Wednesday is a good deal. That's a good deal. Thank God for the people that make this possible, right? Thank God for the people that make this possible. You can come, you can eat, you can turn around and leave, and nobody says a thing. Nobody fusses at all. 
because Jesus did for us, we want to do what Jesus did for you. Well, keep reading. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And he who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, I didn't write it, and I'm not sure I'm any, anywhere close to being qualified to explain it. But just listen to what Jesus just said. If you're interested in more than just pizza for a night, if you're more than interested in just a glass of tea to wash your pizza down tonight, if you want something that's real, if you want something that will last, if you want something that will give you life, pay attention to Jesus. Yeah, but I don't know that I like that kind of pizza. Well, I wish they'd get some other kind of drink and I don't yell at stuff. Okay. Plus, I, it's okay. I'm, nobody's going to get upset with you for doing it. But let's make sure we understand. This is not about the pizza. This is not about the tea. It's not about the yellow stuff. No, this is about Jesus. He is the bread of life. You come to Him. I didn't write it. Read it. If He comes to me, He will never go hungry. If he believes in me, he will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. Now stop. I'd, I wouldn't be bold enough to say this. If Jesus hadn't said it first where I could repeat it and kind of hide behind his robes, I wouldn't be able to say it myself. But I believe it's true. I think there are people in this room that have watched Jesus give life to people. I think you've seen Jesus change the lives of people. I think Janie's just one of many in this room that got her new life and allowed Jesus to teach her how to live that new life and look what God has done for her. But there's some of you that have seen that and still don't believe it. They still don't believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. Now, I want you to underline that last phrase of verse 37. Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. Jesus will never drive you away. If you really come to Jesus, if you really come to believe in Jesus, He will not drive you away. Okay. Now, you know what that means? You know what that means? That if Jesus can't drive me away, guess what I'm going to give you the power to do? I'm not going to give you the power to drive me away. Somebody texted today and said, I'm not coming back. Y'all didn't treat me right. <laughs> I hate that. I hate people feeling that way. Guess what? Jesus drive them away? No. no. Try it. Just try it with me. Try to treat me in a way that I would leave. <laughs> You're stuck. Because if Jesus said not want to drive me away, guess what? You can't drive me away. Because I belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus? You belong to Jesus? Nobody has the power to drive you away. Now, you can leave if you want to, but Jesus is not going to drive you away, and let's be the kind of folks that don't drive anybody away. 
and we didn't drive that person away either. That was a different, altogether different deal. I'm just saying, somebody hurts your feelings, I hate that. Somebody makes you feel upset, I'm sorry about that. But Jesus won't drive you away, don't you let anybody else drive you away. Keep reading. For I have come down from heaven to do, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Now you need to circle that. You need to pay real close attention to that. Because somehow, I don't know if we got taught this in church, or somehow maybe America, American TV and stuff taught us this. I don't know if it came from our parents. I don't know if it came maybe in school. They had a special class on you only do what you want to do. You only do what you want to do, right? Well, I don't want to do that. I heard a mother say a great line to a kid. Usually, usually I hear moms say things like, Oh, I'm sorry, honey. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. I heard this mom, and it was one of our moms, and I was just so proud of her. In fact, I told her that. I'm so proud of you. She told her child to do something, and the child said, I don't want to do it. And the mom said, well, that's amazing. I don't remember asking if you wanted to do it. But you're going to do it. I don't want to do it. Say it again, and lightning will strike you, you know. <laughs> Tell me, if Jesus said, if Jesus said, I came not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me, does it make sense then? Now listen to me, make, see if I'm saying this right. Doesn't it make sense that if I'm going to come to Jesus, that I've got to come in the same way that he came? Does that make sense? I've kind of not come to do my will, but the will of him who sent Jesus. I've got to come that same way, don't I? It's not about what I want. It's not about making God look like what I want. It's about me deciding that I'm going to be what God wants. Oh, there's so many things here. There's so many. There's some people in this room right now that are hurting because they've made choices that have, and, and it's damaged them, and it's so hard to make other choices. It is tough to change the way you think. It's tough, tough to way you change the way you act. It's tough the way to change the way you think. It is tough. It is tough. But if you're going to come to Jesus, if you want the bread of life, if you want that water of life where you're never going to be thirsty again, you come to do His will and not yours. That's how this happens. That's how it works. Keep reading. And this, verse 39, and this is the will of Him who sent me, that I shall not lose lose none of all that He has given me, but raise them up in the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life, and I will raise Him up in the last day. Now in case you didn't get it before, in case it didn't stick, in case it didn't sink in, we're not talking about pizza on a Wednesday night. We're not talking about Sunday afternoon lunch. We're not talking about having sweet tea or the yellow stuff. No. What we're talking about is having life, bread where you won't be hungry, and water so you won't be thirsty. And that's Jesus giving you life, eternal life. Now what does that mean, eternal life? That means when you die, you don't stay dead. 
when you die, you don't stay dead because he said, I will raise him up in the last day. Are you one of those folks that's scared of death? Are you one of those folks that worry about stuff like, like the stuff that people talk about at Halloween? And I don't want to be disrespectful. I do not want to be disrespectful. But I'm telling you some of the stuff that comes up and talk, when people start talking about Halloween about, and they talk, about the, they talk about the walking dead. I've seen some of those right in here. The walking dead. And they talk about all the hoodoo and the voodoo and the shoo-doo stuff. Let me tell you, who's in charge of the last day? Jesus is. And if I have come to Jesus, if I am looking to Jesus, if I'm living for Jesus, if I'm doing the will of Jesus, what kind of power does any spook, spirit, demon, devil have over me? None. 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 Well, I don't know. I don't want to walk under the Okay, don't walk under the ladder. I don't want somebody falling on me either. But don't stop. <laughs> Did you just hear what Jesus offered you? Jesus offered you a chance to live forever. You don't have to be afraid of dying. We get caught up in, man, can I put gas in my car? Can I pay my rent? Can I pay my... I understand why we got to do all that. we got to live in this old world. But the truth is there's something more important than that, and that is living forever with Him. So come to Him, He said. Look for Him, He said. Keep reading. And that... The Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? There are people that sit in this room occasionally. I don't know if any of you do, so I'll, I'm not going to accuse you of it. But there are people that sit in this room sometimes that, that grumble because they don't get what they want. Things don't happen like they like it. Okay, that's, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That happens. But listen to what Jesus had to say to them. Notice I said them and not you. So I'll not make that accusation about you. But if you're a grumbler, listen up. Stop grumbling. Jesus said, stop grumbling among yourself. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up in the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will be taught of God. Everyone, are you with me? Verse 45, everyone who circle it. What is it? Everyone who... Say it again. Everyone who listens, everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to me. You listen, you learn what happens. No, no, no. You listen, you learn what happens. You come. If you come, He gives you bread where you won't be hungry. He gives you water where you won't be thirsty. And He gives you the promise that on the last day He will raise you from the dead. You will not be trapped in death. You will not be trapped in death, whether it's the eternal death of hell or just that graveyard dead. You're not going to be trapped in death. He's going to give you eternal life and bring you to life on that la I didn't write it. He said it. 
So what do you want? You want pizza? Or do you want the bread of life? I want the bread of life. Do you want a nice meal or do you want eternal life? Do you want a chance to get out of the weather? Or do you want to get out of the grave? I want to get out of the grave, right? Keep reading. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only He has seen the Father. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. He says it again. Now, after Jesus finished teaching these folks, after Jesus finishes teaching these folks, a bunch of people left. Praying over this lesson today, this thought came to me. Is it possible that at some point you get tired of the pizza? You get tired of the chaos. You get tired of the crowding. You just get tired and you say, like the person did today, I found another church that will give me, and that's what they said, they'll give me more money. What, if, what happens if I show up here on a Wednesday night and there's only 12 of us? What happens? I get more pizza. <laughs> and I'm telling you now, I'll miss you like I'll miss this person. Because everybody here has some place in the heart of this church. Because without you, we wouldn't be who we are, right? But if I show up here one, one Wednesday and there's only 12 of us, and I look around and say, what happened? I won't. You understand? I won't ask. Because whoever shows up here, I appreciate here. You've never heard me say, and will never hear, hear me say, where is everybody? I sat in too many meetings where I was, one, I was there. And somebody stood up and said, man, nobody showed up tonight. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Here I am. I'm telling you, if 12 folks show up, if that's all that showed up, I'm going to be grateful for those 12. We're going to eat us some pizza and we're going to read about Jesus, right? But what happens? What happens if that happens? People get tired of the teaching or they get tired of the teacher or they get tired of the pizza or they get tired of Brad. I mean, that's impossible, but what if it happens? What if they get tired of the yellow stuff? Verse 66, From this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. I'm going to read that verse one more time. I'm going to read it twice. Before I read it this next time, I'm reading it to every person in this room who's gone to church all their life and who have wanted to be a part of a church that was saving lost people, rescuing people from hell, and have never been a part of anything like what they've seen God do here. I want you to hear this. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Is that Jesus' fault? No. Say it again. Is it Jesus' fault? No. His disciples stopped following him. Is it Jesus' fault? No. 
did that make what Jesus did the wrong way, the wrong method, the wrong no ministry? No. They stopped following. Okay? Now, the second time I'm going to read it, I'm going to read it for folks that didn't grow up going to church because you have a decision to make. Some of you started following Jesus just in the last, well, Esmeralda, right here. Uh, we call her E2 because there's another Esmeralda that you'll see around here, and I don't, you can't have too many Esmeraldas, but you can get them confused, all right? E2, E2 got a brand new life on Sunday. Up high. Got a brand new life. And her oldest daughter, Sarah, her middle daughter, Aaliyah, and her son, don't tell me, don't tell me. He's standing, Adam. I knew it'd come to me if I'd think long enough. They were sitting there watching their mother. They watched their mother come to Jesus. They watched her, listen, they heard her confess her faith in Jesus. They saw her surrender herself and to let Jesus bury her old self and raise her. I'm telling you, you think I'd make an impression on those kids? And if you don't know those kids, you ought to meet those kids. There's some special kids there now. That's truth. Now, hang on, hang on. She got a brand new life. A bunch of folks in this room got that same gift from God. And if you want it, don't leave here tonight without it. You come talk to me. You come stand right up here. I'll be here. There'll be some other folks standing up here too because they'll want to help. But you come up here. You find, if you want to come to Jesus, if you want bread where you won't ever be hungry and water of life so you won't ever be thirsty, come talk to me. I'll show you in the Bible. I won't tell you what I think. I'll show you. Is that the truth? Will I show you in the Bible, Stephanie? Will I show you in the Bible, Daniel? Will I show you in the Bible? Yes, sir. Will we see it in the Bible? Yeah. And I love when I ask it, how do you know that? And people say, uh, nobody ever says, because you said it, Rex, you're so smart. No, <laughs> nobody ever gives me credit, which I like. You know what they all say? They'll either say, well, Jesus said it, or they'll pat their Bible. What well, says it right here? <laughs> Ta-da! It doesn't change when it's right here, right? Let it rain. Let it pour. Let it snow. No, don't let it snow. Whatever. It doesn't change. It's the Word of God. It doesn't change. You want that. But listen to me. Those of you who started living a new life, those of you who got this gift of a new life, live it. Let Jesus teach you how to live it. You can't. Well, you can, because some of you are trying it. And tell me how it's working for you. You got a new life, but you're still living the same way you lived. How's that work? It don't work that way. You get that new life, keep following Jesus. If you decide to leave, it will, there'll be people here be sad. There will be people here be sad. Now, there'll be some other people said, well, I have more pizza. Yeah, but we're going to be sad. You're a part of the heart of this place. But if you leave, that's on you. That's on you. That's not on Jesus' fault. And it's not anybody here's fault. That's on you. Okay, I've read it twice now. And Jesus, brokenhearted, 
sad, turns to his disciples, those 12 fellows that, he, that helped him feed that multitude, verse 67, you got it? He said, you, do you want to leave too? Since Jesus asked it, that only, that's the only reason I'd have the boldness to ask it. Do you want to leave? I'd like to hear what you say. Do you want to leave Jesus? Why? Why not? It's too good. Nothing else works. Nowhere else to go. Do you want to leave, you want to leave Jesus, Priscilla? But that isn't, isn't it tough out there? People hurt you, break your heart. Francis, you want to leave Jesus? Uh, it's tougher out there. Uh, yeah. You want to leave, leave Jesus? Roland. Anybody? Victoria. No. Me either. And Simon answered. Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, where are we going to go? I love Simon. I like, I like, I like Peter's just bluntness. Uh, uh, I don't have to leave, do I? There's nowhere else to go, Lord. Where are we going to go? Did anybody want to tell me where you'd go? Where have some of us gone? Be honest about it. Where have some of us gone? Some of us have gone back to our addictions. Whether it's a drug, a drink, or a fella. <laughs> or a sweetie. We've gone back to our addictions. What did we find out when we went back? It doesn't change, folks. It doesn't change. In fact, it just gets worse. It doesn't get better. It just gets worse. Where are you going to go? Well, I think I'll go to somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> Okay, go to somewhere else. You'd miss us. Yeah, you'd miss us. We'll send you a letter. <laughs> but you're going to miss us. Is there any place else to go? No. No, you either walk with Jesus or you don't. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. You want bread that will so you won't ever be hungry again? I do. You want water of life so you won't ever be thirsty again? You betcha. You want eternal life? How about this? You want the guarantee that you will not be trapped in death. You're not going to be trapped in that box. You're not going to be trapped in those ashes. You're not going to be trapped in that tomb. You're not going to be trapped in that grave. And you're not going to be trapped in hell. Anybody want that kind of life? Oh, I want that kind of life. Where do you get it? You get it in Jesus. He's the bread of life. All of us had a day today. All of us had a week this week. All of us had a month. All of us have had a life. But well, there have been some storms and there's been some tough things to handle. Jesus is the bread of life. Listen, learn, come to Him. Let's pray. Father, thanks for tonight.
for these folks. There's people in this room, Lord, that you have just transformed. And there, the changes that you have made in their lives and the choices that they have made because they're, they're surrendered to your will, they're, they're amazing to us. And we're amazed at you, at the work you do in them and through them and on them. I want that to be true of my life. And there's others, folk, Lord, just getting started. Please, God, hang on to them. Help them take one more step. Help them make one more right decision. Help them, Lord, to grow one more day. Stay in one more time. And work, keep working in them to get them all the way home. But there's some folks in this room right now, God, I... This, you know better than I do, but I'm just seeing it in their face and watch it in their responses. There's some people in this room that need bread. They need water. They need life. God, open their heart. Open their heart. Help them come. Help them come to Jesus tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, folks. Hug somebody whether you like them or not, whether I like them or not.